your husband, Mike, he is a man's man. Mm -hmm. He's a contractor. But as we discovered on our radio show, (laughs) at the end of the day, he'll put on some Dido. (laughs) He'll draw a nice warm bath. He'll pour a big glass of Chardonnay. And he will just sit there in the tub and weep openly. Okay, maybe I'm (laughs) taking it a little far. (laughs) To his credit, I have his permission to talk about that. So don't worry, everybody. He's not going to kick my ass. Well, at least not for that. Not for that. Here we are again, coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian. She, a licensed mental health therapist, me, an absolute train wreck. No, that's not actually true. I've had a lot of therapy and it's made my life much easier. And Courtney, many times when we talk about the therapeutic process and every problem that you have, especially when it comes to anxiety, sometimes with depression, it is all about staying in Mm -hmm. the present. You can't change the past. You can't control the future. But sometimes you get hung up and waste so much time in those areas. Well, I saw another angle on this that sort of piqued my interest. I was reading Howard Stern's latest book. This has been out for a little while. I'm kind of late to the game there. And he was doing this interview with Jerry Seinfeld. And Jerry called it the greatest interview he has ever done to the extent that he told Mm. Howard Stern, I've received so much positive feedback from this, I'm never coming on your show again. To which Howard said, why are you punishing me? He said, I know timing. I know comedy. We're never going to do better than that. So let's go out on a high. Stop while we're ahead, huh? And one of the things that the two of them were discussing that I could totally relate to was the creative process. And Howard was asking Jerry, when it comes to writing material, what that process is like. And he said, what it's like is it never stops. Mm -hmm. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'm trying to come up with relatable material. And Howard found this interesting to the extent that he said, are you ever present in any moment or is it just about obsessing over material? And Jerry fully admitted, I'm never completely present, not even with my wife, not even with my kids, Mm -hmm. because in the back of my mind, I'm just looking for something. I'm observing. And Howard said he is tortured by this because he feels the same way about his radio show, and he feels like he can never be there 100%. Now, I've dipped a toe in both worlds, and Howard said this probably hurts relationships, but Jerry said if you want to succeed at this, this is how you have to approach it. These are both bottomless pits, and I can say that for sure, Courtney, anytime I'm with a friend, my wife, even when we're doing our morning radio show, Mm -hmm. I'm about 80% there. We talked about this on our radio show the other day, how everything falls into the 80-20 category. Mm -hmm. But in the back of my mind, I am constantly looking for material to feed that monster because it needs to be fed to that degree. And I think if you do too much of either one, it's going to be a problem. But I don't think it only relates to the creative process. Mm -hmm. Because I think we live in a world now more than ever that is so full of things that can distract us. Look at any device that you have. How many times are you talking to somebody, you see them go on that phone, what's your reaction to that viscerally when you see that happening? Or maybe you're stressed out about the pandemic, losing your job, Mm -hmm. financial problems, being around your family too much, anything at all. There's always that little voice in the back of your head that probably isn't as present as it needs to be. Is this something that you're seeing more commonly as a therapist in this day and age? Right. Well, I think that's the thing that we all fight. Even I just find it fascinating how your brain works. (laughs) Any 
anything with the creative process. I just think that's amazing. But it happens with people with work stress, with life stress, with different people that they're worried about. It happens to my clients a lot of times when they're empathic, when they feel what other people feel. It's hard for them to be in the moment with their own experience because they're so distracted by other people's energy and feeling. So it pulls them out of the moment too. So we have a real big problem with mindfulness. I think that's why people kind of gravitate toward anything that can help them slow down and calm down, like meditation, doing some deep breathing, taking little mindful breaks throughout the day where you just refocus on the moment. What I tell my clients is too, because they'll say to me all the time, oh, when I do meditation, I can't just clear out my head. No, that's okay. You have to be very highly evolved to be able to do that, like monks who work at it for hours and hours a day. But what you can do is you can refocus, bring yourself back to present. It's like a muscle. Every time you do it, you're strengthening that muscle. And now you're going to get distracted again with, oh, I have to run to the store and I have to do this. And would this be a good comedy bit or all of these things? And then notice you're doing it. And then bring yourself back to the present again. So it's a work in progress to start to practice that, to bring yourself back to mindfulness. Do you find that parents are really having an issue with this when it comes to their kids? Because this is the generation more so than any other where they are overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. information. And it's really hard to keep their attention. And especially if something isn't a TikTok video or something that they find entertaining. Right. Yeah. Parents, of course, struggle with this a lot. And the kids do, too. I think that kids want some peace and they want some calm where they can just focus on the moment. But there's so many distractions and there's so much short attention span theater right now where it's like, oh, 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. We're actually training our brain to have less and less of an attention span. And this is what's happening. That's the other thing, too, is I talk to people about what's the story they're telling themselves that keeps feeding it. And for some people, it might be like, oh, I have to constantly be on or I have to notice everything or I have to focus on how other people are feeling. There's all these different beliefs we may have. So we might have to look at those and say, no, wait a minute. Maybe I deserve to take maybe a chunk of time, 10 or 15 minutes, and practice just being in the moment with another person without any distractions. That would be very difficult for us to do. We are even right now, I notice that people can't even be bored for one second. If you ever notice somebody who they stop and they have a second, they're going to jump on the phone or jump on the TV or jump on the computer or something like that. It's very hard for us to just have those moments, but we need to practice is having those gaps of time where we just be instead of do all the time. To take it to another level, there have been studies about how much sleep we are losing Mm -hmm. because very few of us can go to bed without checking the phone that one last time. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly, as you're checking it, then you're scrolling. And then the next thing you know, a half hour has passed and you're affecting your overall health. I can tell you how it affects and impacts a marriage. There'll be a lot of times with my wife where we will discuss our days and my My line of work can be a little bit more interesting than hers from time to time. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting for her to hear what's going on with me. But then sometimes she gets into the nuts and bolts of what she does in a nonprofit. And I find myself when I'm not trying to say, hey, is there any material about what happened in her office today? (laughs) I'm also trying to stay with her because my mind starts to wander because I do get a little bored. Mm -hmm. And then you get to that point where you're like, wait a minute, back up. Can you say that again? And you can see the aggravation on her face. And it's not that I'm not invested Mm -hmm. and it's not that I don't care. 
it's that thing where sometimes you're reading that book and you're like, well, I have to reread that line again right. because it just didn't grab me in the way that I need it to. Right. And it's difficult because, Brian, you have trained your brain. It does really awesome at picking out little nuggets. This is how you can work on the fly like you do and how your brain works so quickly and how people are so amazed by it. But at the same time, I'm sure it can be, maybe it's not annoying for you, but it might be annoying for her if, like you said, if things aren't going fast enough for you, you're already onto something else and she's still trying to tell you about her day to day. And there may be a disconnect there. Courtney, honestly, it's torturous for me. Sometimes I wish that I could shut it down more. And we have a 21-year-old who's very creative. And I worry about him. Mm -hmm. And he is prone a little bit to anxiety and depression. And I know that part of the reason is that he has that creative brain. And it can be a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this from time to time. There is a sports station in Boston. And this is how it affects my line of work, where they have this segment that they do where they say, how to tell when the hosts aren't listening, <laughs> where somebody will make a point and the other person is sitting there and 30 seconds later makes the exact same, same point, point. <laughs> because they're off in la-la land trying to think about something that they're going to respond to that the other host had already said. Right. And we've been guilty of that ourselves mm-hmm. on our own show. And even yep. when we take a call, I'm guilty from the second that somebody says hello, mm-hmm. I'm like, how am I getting us out of this? And right. I just sit there and I obsess and I obsess and I obsess until mm-hmm. I get to that point. I imagine that this happens in all kinds of lines of work and in all kinds of relationships. Sometimes when my wife will say something about a friend of hers where I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Can I make that a radio bit? I can imagine that you as a therapist, Mm -hmm. if somebody is telling you about their problems, a specific one that you especially relate to, it might trigger something in your head. Oh, God, I do have that going on in my life right now. And how am I going to take care of that? And then you find yourself having to pull yourself back and stay present in the moment for that person and not for yourself. Right. And the thing is, this is one of the things that therapists will do. Some do it more than others, but I find that I do, just like I grab this pen, Brian, is because when I'm in a conversation with someone or I'm doing therapy with someone, things pop into my head that it's a different kind of thing than what happens for you. But what happens for me is that it pops into my head as something that could be helpful in service to them. However, I don't want to interrupt their stream of how they're talking and where they are emotionally. So I will write it down. So that way I can put it aside. I know what I want to say about it, but I can refocus and stay mindful with the person. How I describe this to clients when I talk about mindfulness, I say, listen, there's 80 million things going on. You're talking to me. My computer just blinged because somebody showed up and they have some kind of question. The reception desk is wanting to talk to me. The phone just rang. All these different things are happening and I have to refocus. My attention will go to that, but I have to refocus on the person in front of me. So I try to add in things like that just quickly write something down just so I can refocus on the person. So this is something that might be helpful if you're having that conversation with your wife and something pops into your head to try to get it out of your head and put it aside so that you can fully devote your time to what she's saying. But that's one of the things because that's what happens is we're not listening in our day-to-day life. We're just waiting to how are we going to respond rather than taking it in and going from there. So there's a lot of pressure on us, especially when you do it for a living. You're like, I got to be funny. I got to be funny. (laughs) 
<laughs> Whereas if I'm taking a phone call, I'm just like, okay, hey, nice to talk to you. I don't feel the need to have to wrap it up and be funny, but that is what you do. So you have this pressure of from go, you're like, all right, how do we make this funny in the end? And then it goes to this place where sometimes my wife will say, and I've mentioned this in the past, that's not a radio bit because Ooh, now yeah. she knows what's happening. And I find <laughs> oh, she it knows very well now. Very interesting. <laughs> Brian Regan, who's one of my favorite comedians, and I've come to know him a little bit over the years. He has a new Netflix special. And one of the things that fascinates me about him is, first of all, he works completely clean. So mm-hmm. that's tying one hand behind your back. And another thing that I noticed, and he and I had a private conversation about this, he never talks about his family and he has kids. And I said, why do you avoid mm-hmm. that? Because that's just such a font for material. Yeah. And you could take that to such a level, it would be absolutely hilarious. And he said to me, and what a dad to say this, I never want my kids to feel as if they have to alter their behavior for fear that they might become material. So I want them to know that that's something that they don't have to worry Mm -hmm. about. I'm not as talented as Brian Regan. So to (laughs) my wife, sorry, every once in a while, you're going to have to jump in and tell me that's not for the radio. It can cause problems that way in my career. But from a big picture perspective, when it comes to everyone's careers, staying in the moment, staying present, Mm -hmm. not being distracted, working from home right now, very difficult. And when you think about it, if you can't stay present, then what you're trying to do is you're bouncing in and out of the moment. You're multitasking. And that can be really taxing to your brain. And it actually, they've done studies on this to show that it's not great for productivity. You might feel like you're being productive because you're like, boom, 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 boom. But you're putting less attention on each task. So it may not be getting done as well as it could be if you were to just focus on one thing. But again, like I said, this could be some people's brains just naturally can do this better. And some people have developed this over time, so it's really hard to stop. One of the things to concentrate on, if you said, okay, me and Carla, we're going to go out to eat, to intentionally say, I'm taking a certain amount of time, and every time something comes into my head that doesn't have to do with this conversation, I'm just going to let it go. What mindfulness is, is not that you're clearing your whole brain, is that you're noticing things coming up, but you're not judging it. And I say it's kind of like clouds. You see it come up, and you let it go. You're just staying present, you're not judging the moment, and you're just observing and having that space of being right in the moment. But oftentimes, like you had said, we will perseverate on the past. We will worry about the future. But if we can just stay present and not all day, I mean, obviously it's very difficult to do this long term, but if you can do it in certain breaks and be very intentional about it, it can be helpful. So if you say to Carla, we're going out to eat and I'm going to pay full attention to you for at least 10 minutes, <laughs> she'll be impressed. The problem is we go out to eat, I'm paying full attention to my veal parm. I know, exactly. You're distracted <laughs> by hey, your food. what about me over here? I'm all dressed up, looking good. Uh, I'm all gussy. Don't I look lovely? I also <laughs> want to mention the importance of compartmentalizing because mm-hmm. from a career perspective, and I think this applies to everybody's career. People ask me all the time when it comes to doing comedy, maybe you're doing stand-up, you're at a roast, you're doing a radio show. The most difficult thing you will ever have to do is when you are having the worst day ever, someone you know is deathly ill, and in the back of your mind, you're like, this person could die at any second. You're going through a divorce. You're going through financial issues. Mm -hmm. When you get to your job, you have to shove all of that aside Mm -hmm. and not allow for it to affect your work. And if you 
do, it could affect your work to the point that it's going to cost you your job. And when people ask me, what's the hardest thing about what you do? I say, it's those days that I don't want to be there on any level whatsoever. And we can't just quietly sit at a cubicle and put our head down. Mm -hmm. And when one person asks us, is everything okay? Just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. We have tens of thousands of people analyzing every single word. We have advertisers. We have our bosses and everything else. And you have to be Mr. or Mrs. Sunshine, mm-hmm. Mr. or Mrs. Happy-Go-Lucky, entertain, be funny, when you have the weight of the world on your shoulders. When you have people come to you, and I mean, this could be a brain surgeon, mm-hmm. this could be someone who does something electronically, mm-hmm. who it could cost them their life if they're not focused enough on what they're doing. What's the advice right. that you have for them there? It's people in the service industry, too. I used mm-hmm. to say that, too, when sure. I was a waitressing and bartender. You can't have Absolutely. a bad day. And as a therapist, we understand, but we can't really have a bad day either. We yeah. have to be there to hold space for Enough of people. your problems. Right, exactly. Listen, Let me get a I need to talk. <laughs> when we do that, there's problems. So, hey, sit down. Oh, I'm glad you're here because I need to talk. Uh, <laughs> about me now. <laughs> but it is, it's about compartmentalizing, also saying, okay, I promise myself that I will have processing time after I'm done with said job. Doing certain exercises maybe to get yourself into the focus of what you need to do. And just saying, okay, this is what I have control over right now. There's a lot of other things going on that I need to tend to, but currently there's nothing I can do at the moment. I need to focus in on this task at work or whatever it may be. And that's hard. It's really difficult. I think therapy comes in very handy at that time too, to give you that space to unload, to be able to process. I've had people go through tremendous amounts of stress while holding down stressful jobs and other responsibilities or caretaking. That's exhausting. They're caretaking and they have their own issues going on. So lots of that, it can be helpful to have someone who's holding a space for you and also helping you with coping tools and ways to get through that. Do you need me to scooch over on the podcast couch? Do we need to focus on you for a little bit? (laughs) I know, exactly. I need to talk, Brian. No, but that's something you have to do manage as a therapist because sometimes things come up. I remember someone had been talking about their grandmother and all of a sudden I had this visceral reaction to the loss of my grandmother. And I was like, this is unusual. Like this doesn't usually ever happen to me in session. I can very well manage, but I'm human. So I had to kind of disclose. I said, I really can relate and I can feel that because my eyes teared up and I had all of a sudden this very quick reaction and I let it go. I told myself after the session, I would have to process that, but that does happen too, where it can be stressful that you're feeling other people's things. One other thing about your career, I imagine if you have a difficult day where you get emotional on your end, Mm -hmm. then you take that home Mm -hmm. and now you're taking it into your marriage and perhaps your husband Mike is telling you about his day and you're off in La La Land thinking about that whole thing. So you've got that challenge not only at work, you have it at home as well. And I think it's healthy to realize you're never going to be 100% of anything, nor should you be. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have maybe that little distraction. But only to a certain degree. And it's really a question of finding where that line is. Right. And I think that also kind of goes back to how important it is for us to be very present and mindful for each other. Because there are times I just need to tell him my experience of the day. And definitely there's times when he's had so much stress going on that he needs to tell me too. So we need to have that space for each other to just hold that space. We're not trying to fix anything. We're just really being fully present and listening. That can be the greatest gift that you give someone is just to listen. And that's, I think, the biggest concern around not being able to be present is what it does to your relationship to yourself and your relationship with other people if you're not fully present to listen and to connect. Here's where I think you do need to listen to him 
and you need to follow his lead. He is a man's man. Mm -hmm. He's a contractor. But as we discovered on our radio show (laughs) this week, at the end of the day, he'll put on some Dido. (laughs) He'll draw a nice warm bath. He'll pour a big glass of Chardonnay. And he will just sit there in the tub and weep openly. Okay, maybe I'm (laughs) taking it a little far. (laughs) But that's how he decompresses. And he even says to you before he gets in there, whatever you have to get out, get out now, because you're going to have my attention now. But now I need this time to let that stuff melt away. And that can be a coping mechanism. Maybe once he gets out of the bath, he's more available for you emotionally. Right. And he needs that time. And people, we buy him big things of Mr. Bubble (laughs) for like Christmas and stuff. He has the Incredible Hulk crazy phone. (laughs) He loves it. He's like, thank you so much. But that's, (laughs) that's a really good coping for him. He's really sore. He's working his muscles all day long. And so he looks forward to that for his tub time. So that's a great thing. And we should all have these coping mechanisms that we can really stay present with. And I do try to not bother him while he's in the tub. Not always a guarantee. And to his credit, I have his permission to talk about that. So don't worry, everybody. He's not going to kick my ass. Well, at least not for that. Not for that. (laughs) Courtney, we stayed in the present and we we covered a lot of ground Mm -hmm. here. If anybody has any other questions or Mm -hmm. suggestions or anything else, how can they get in touch with you? You can always email me, wellness at wctk.com. And we do a weekly segment, Wellness Wednesday. You can feel free to check some resources out. Listen to that at catcountry.com on the Wellness Wednesday page. We're crapping resources all over the internet. <laughs> we got everything going on. We've got coping here. on the couch with Courtney and Brian on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn. You can get that on your smart devices. We're on socials at Cat Country Mornings in many places. I'm Brian Mulhern on socials. I'm at Brian Cat Country on Twitter. You're Courtney Kelly, Courtney Kelly Bedard. It's almost too much. How can you 100% focus on all of this in the present when I'm overwhelming you with this information? Where's my Dino? Somebody draw me a hot bath. Let me get the Mr. Bubble out. (laughs) If you need me, I'll be pruning somewhere (laughs) deep in that water. Until next time for, oh, and this is very exciting. Yes. Episode 40. Wow. Of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Oh, Mm -hmm. we're getting up there in a number of ways. (laughs) That's for sure. Help me off the stool. (laughs) We're going to have to have a celebration on 50. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 50 episodes and us being 50. I'll bring the brandy. You bring the Metamucil. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. See ya. I want to 